Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this great episode of Stories Queen Presents. We wanted to pop in here at the beginning to let you know that we did experience some technical difficulties while recording this episode you're about to listen to. And while the content and material covered in it is absolutely phenomenal, the audio quality is not quite up to the standards that we usually perform. But again, the content material was so good, we couldn't even bring ourselves to try and re-record it because we would just miss out on all that really good flair. So we hope you enjoy the episode and can take the audio quality as it is. We've already fixed the problem, so apologies again, but hopefully you really dig the episode. And uh, if you do, let us know. And hey, if you don't like the audio quality, let us know. We love talking to you. All right, enjoy the episode, guys. And thanks again. Story Screen's very own book club. We're getting snobby, <laughs> watching movies, but also reading books and knowing stuff. That's what we do over here at Real Page Turn. <laughs> My name's Mike Burge, uh, and uh, today for our first episode, I am joined by Ramona Rodriguez. Hey guys. This is uh, your first podcast with yep. us. This is your first podcast, like just in general? Just ever. Yeah. That's great. You listen to them, obviously, okay. because you're a human being. <laughs> And that's, uh, that's good. I, uh, so, Ramona, uh, we're going to kind of just jump right into this. Uh, we're doing um, Carrie, uh, Stephen King's Carrie. The uh, book was 1970. Good start. <laughs> <laughs> I had I have all these dates just, like, written down, and I, I can't. The movie's 1976. Yeah. The book is 1971? Four. Four. There Not we go. Look at that. We're taking extensive <laughs> notes. This is going to be a really in-depth analysis of the book. Um, Stephen King book, his first published, fourth written. Yeah. Uh, 1974, it was made into a film in 1976 by Brian De Palma, who is one of the most uh, famed Atul directors out there. You love and hate him, that kind of stuff. Um, has also made a couple, yeah, spawned a couple of miniseries. Uh, some graphic novels, a sequel, a couple of remakes, a lot of stuff. Um, so we're going to talk about, we read the book, and we have everybody in the Story Screen Book Club has also read the book, and then we encourage them to watch the 1976 Brian De Palma movie. Uh, we also said that we would kind of touch on some of the other stuff, uh, which would be fun. Um, so uh, real quick, Ramona, why don't you, before we go any further, why don't you tell me and the audience <laughs> a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself. Okay, well, I'm Ramona. Hey, everyone. Um, 21 years old. I got involved in Story Screen really randomly, actually. I was at Thanks for Coffee House for uh, most of the time. And I just was waiting in the really long line. And we had to have that bulletin board like right in the thing. And I saw you guys were playing Alien that weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love that movie. So I texted my boyfriend. I was like, oh, there's this cool thing in Beacon. Like, we should check it out. We went, and we were like, this is really, really cool, and 
oh, we do this all the time. Alien was the first one that you guys showed. Yeah, that was the we were first doing one. it, I think we did Aliens, Aliens 20, 30th anniversary. Yeah. So we showed Alien beforehand because we found out a lot of people in town actually had never seen either of them. So That's we right. were like, what would be fun to do? Back to back, it was two nights, it was. right? It, it was, was two nights. And then one we was were... on like a Sunday, one was on a Monday kind of thing. Yeah, so we saw the one on Sunday, and we're like, let's just come back tomorrow. Oh, that's a great so, idea. Yeah. Oh, it was great. <laughs> but, and then we're just like, yeah, we should just come all the time. And it was like our thing. They come like every Sunday. Mm-hmm. The thing we yeah, did. you guys come to a lot. Yeah, it was like our thing. We're like, all right, so we'll get all our homework done and then head over the story stream. I just graduated from college, right, Newburgh in uh, the Mount. So we were really close, and that worked out. Uh, now I'm doing grad school over at SUNY New Pulse, getting working on my master's in mental health counseling. So I'm really into whole like psych and everything, especially with kids and teens. I work with teens right now. Uh, so reading this, I was like writing all these notes. And That's like, why I, I, yeah. I got in contact with you immediately when I was like, I think for our first one we're gonna because it was it was a mixture between this one and another one which we're gonna do for our second book club because I wanted to get the book club going and kind of start with like three really, really um, iconic mm-hmm. movies that had been books that were written by iconic authors. And I came up with two and then I was like, I'll save the third one for later on and try to figure it out. It was, a, it was a toss-up between this one and the one that we're going to do for the second, which we'll reveal uh, towards the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't even think you knew that too. I, I didn't even know that. I, I should have told you that this. before we said but now you have to do it too. Um, and I, I figured Carrie was really good too because you had talked to me about uh, you going to school for pretty much the exact subject that this really yeah. deals with. And I mean, so Carrie, first and foremost, like, is at, at the heart of all of it is a story about bullying. Absolutely. Right? And it's mm-hmm. all about like how bullying can like push people in different ways. Like, mm-hmm. Carrie isn't the only person that's being bullied. Or being pushed in this, you know, like there's the whole character of Sue Snell yeah. is also really like reading the book. I've seen the Brian De Palma movie tons of times. It's one of my favorite movies. It's like one of my favorite horror movies. It's great. Like it's like a near perfect movie. Yeah, it was. You I was watching. Watch it and I was you're like, just I don't like, find there's like this. nothing <laughs> wrong with this movie, with the exception of like there's some stuff in there that was like caused from editing. Like I, you know, when you, you know in the book, there's the whole. Um, Story about when she was younger and like it rained rocks. Yeah. The house, when the house is falling apart at the end of the Palma movie, you can see rocks coming through because originally that's what they were doing and that's why there's a bunch of rocks in the dream sequence. But then they were like, we can't fucking do it. It's (laughs) too expensive. And so they're just like, light it on fire. And so there's little things like that because you're like, why doesn't it work? There's rocks coming through, but nobody's saying anything about that. And it's, it's, it's like a really great movie. I am super surprised at how good the book was. Oh, I I read it in like a day, a day or two. Over the summer though, when I actually had like time. Me as well. <laughs> I read it, I read it uh, in like two separate like three hour mm-hmm. like power readings where like I wasn't even reading fast. Yeah. It was just like I couldn't put it down. I didn't realize it and then I got, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> I wasted so many cups of tea with this thing where it's like I would just boil tea and I'd let it sit there and then I'd read for like an hour and a half with tea with ice cold. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is your first time reading the book. Mm-hmm. Might yeah. as well. I'm actually jumping in, so finally my big Stephen King read it. As you can see up there, I got all the Stephen mm-hmm. King books. For the most part, I'm still collecting. Uh, and I'm about to read all of his uh, the 
Yeah. So I was really surprised to see that Carrie was like his big first one. Mm-hmm. Now that I learned a little bit about him, I know that he was like writing, he had written three other things that were eventually released, and that Carrie was one that he wasn't really that hot on. He, he like apparently wrote, he wrote it on almost like a like a fight back. Somebody said that you write all these machismo things, you can't you can't write for women, and he's like. I think the person said it's like, you're afraid of women, that's why. And he's like, I'm not afraid of women. I'll write about women. And he wrote, like, the first, like, three or four pages of the book, which is the, the infamous shower scene. Yeah. And he threw it away. He didn't like it. I guess his wife picked it up and was like, no, just keep, keep doing it. And he thought it was absolute trash. Really? He really thought it was trash. And then as, as he started writing it more, he's like, I have created <laughs> the greatest loner character in, in fiction. Well, like, I love, like, that opening, and I love the way they did it in the movie, too. Because, honestly, when you have the main thing of it, and I'm surprised as a man, he kind of captured it so well, that if I was 17 and that was the first time that happened to me, you would be terrified. You'd be like, what's going on? I've never been a 17-year-old girl (laughs) in high school, and that image of that, you're like, oh, my God, that's what it feels like. Like, the girls' Mm -hmm. locker room is, like, this dangerous little place where people are just... I mean, uh, you know, like, the boys' locker room in high school, there's just, like, regular bullying. Um, but, like, girls, especially young girls, it's all about, like, how you look and your body oh and you're sensitive and you're going through changes and you're like, I don't, you're very, you can so be very mean. embarrassed and they can be so mean because it's, how you look is the one thing you can't change. You can, you can try and change your personality, you can change your intelligence, you can work on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But your appearance, for the most part, is, like, it's, it's very difficult to change something like that. And that's one of the things with the book is how Carrie looks in the book mm-hmm. compared to how she looks in all the other versions. Like, Sissy Spacek is, is beautiful. Yeah. You can't stop that. And they kind of give her, like, that kind of mousy quality, mm-hmm. I guess, in the movie where, like, she's cute. Yeah. Like, she's more cute. And you're like, you can see people, like, and like or bullying her too. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can meet in the middle there. It's believable that that's one of the things in the book when Tommy when you see that Tommy is actually kind of falling in love mm-hmm. with Carrie a little bit because she's different. Yeah. You know, like there, there's also that whole idea where Tommy has been bullied into this this way of acting. Mm-hmm. And Tommy in the book, they never capture in any of the movies, I don't think. Like they come in like little spurts. Yeah, it was that was my biggest thing about the movie, that he even physically just looked totally different than I thought he would from what he was reading the book. And I wish they went more into Tommy in the movie, because there's so much, I think, that they put in the book about him. And I loved, I loved him in the book. I mean, the movie, too. But, um, but yeah, I, the like, contrast between the two different kinds of bullying, I think, is really cool, too, where with Carrie, it was more of, like, a mean outcast kind of thing, but with Sue and Tommy more of like a peer pressure that they're kind of forced to be something that they don't necessarily want to and Sue is kind of is like really aware of that surprisingly so yeah like she kind of it's almost like uh, in the traumatic situation in the shower room that ignites this thing inside Carrie and also inside Sue mm-hmm. like she's like what, like, what am I doing? doing this is we're monsters <laughs> we're terrible people. yeah and like she and she like that's what's really interesting about Sue's character is there's really not an arc. She kind of, in the beginning, we see her do something really despicable very quickly, and then automatically, like, you can, even in the, uh, in both films, you see it snap in her, mm-hmm. where she's like, oh, 
oh no, this is not good, and immediately wants to atone. And her arc is more like, in the movie, kind of figuring out, oh, how do I atone? Oh, I'll do this, and how do we make that work? Oh, like this. In the book, it's very much, you know, because we're jumping back and forth between the events from everybody's point of view, where it switches, um, where it's always a narrative, and it's always a narrator. It's never from first person, unless it's done through, like, articles or something yeah. like that. And one of the articles is Sue Snell's uh, book, uh, My Name is Sue Snell, written after the events, where she tries to clear her name and explain the situation. And in that, you can see she's kind of like, even even in the events, she's trying to figure out, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for care? Exactly, yeah. And I think that one of the things that they really get across in the 2013 one um, is her character, 2013 one is garbage. It's so bad. It's absolutely fucking garbage, <laughs> but they do some stuff in it that's really interesting. Ansel Elgort is my boy. He plays <laughs> Tommy in that one, and he's just a baby driver. Right. And I gotta tell you, I wish that I had seen this beforehand because I feel like I might be biased because I like Baby Driver. But like Ansel Elgort, like the one, like probably the least thing I like the most about Baby Driver. Yeah. But he is magnetic in that movie. He is like you're just like who the fuck <laughs> is this? He's like Han Solo when he shows up in the first Star Wars. You're like who is get to this, this guy? <laughs> um, they do some really good stuff with his character with the whole peer pressure bullying yeah. thing, where he's just like. They get closer to the, there's that whole reveal in the, the Palma one with Tommy, where it says you get up on stage and you act like an idiot, and you're like, oh, he doesn't really like this yeah. stuff. He's like opening up to Carrie, because Carrie's opening up to him, and that's like, they meet in the middle, and there's actually like this kind of friendly romance between them that probably realistically won't go anywhere. Yeah. He's just being a nice guy. But it's insinuated, like, they could run away together, yeah. if only... It's like one of the, and I was thinking of it too. It was, I think, a big way to think of it is, well, if it wasn't in a high school setting and it wasn't with all this pressure from other people, would they have ended up together instead of him and Sue? Because the way it seems, and it covers it in the book a little, is that Tommy and Sue are kind of like, almost like predestined to be together. Right. Yeah, they're kind of like on like a social level and like kind of like this philosophical level. Yeah, everyone like expects them to, so that's why. Mm -hmm. That's in the in the newer one, Tommy's like the whole idea of Sue asking Tommy to take Carrie to prom, it's kind of like it's really sweet because Tommy is just like he's like, Why would we want to do that? I wanna take you to prom, I want you to have that special night. And she's like, No, that's just it. I did something wrong and I wanna atone for it in any way that I can. I wanna give Carrie my special night. No one's gonna ask her. You're one of the most popular, good-looking kids at school. You're kind. You're gentle. You can take her. And, like, it's the whole thing. Is like, he's not going to kiss her. He's not going to make her move. He's not falling in love with her. He just wants to really be a nice guy. Because he yeah. is a nice guy. And that's what sucks. Because he's the one that he gets killed in a complete garbage moment in the movie, <laughs> too. Like, they, they ruin that prom night scene in that one. They just go so crazy with it. It's... it's there's some stuff in that movie where I'm like, you really just completely missed the point of yeah. like this entire fucking, thing. which is crazy because it's from the director of uh, Boys Don't Cry, which is one of the most heartfelt. I was talking to a friend about it, and I was like, it's one of the it's one of the sweetest movies about how fucking bad life can be, 
for people that are different, surrounded by people that won't accept them. It's like there's a sweetness to it, but it also goes to extremely dark places. And I was like, as soon as I found that out, I was like, I want to see that person's version of Carrie. Mm -hmm. What? (laughs) It's like, that's not... I feel like it's not her. She just has the same name. Yeah. And they like switch it because she hasn't made a movie since Boys Don't Cry, which was like late 90s or yeah. something. Like, so it's like, oh, maybe it's a completely different person just with the same <laughs> name and they linked them up to the IMDb page. But, um, but I feel like that scene, the prom night scene, is so, it's like kind of hard to capture. In the, the Pablo movie, the, like, I knew it was going to happen, but like the suspense of it all and like she's about to pull the rope. I was sitting there, like, at the edge yeah, of the They really take their time with that. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's... And it's... De Palma's got this thing. I don't know how familiar you are with, like, De Palma's movies, uh, either before or after this. Like, have you seen, like, um, Blowout, Dressed to Kill, Untouchable? Blowout. Blowout. I've seen Blowout. There yeah. you go. Blowout is probably one of the closest to this, where it's, like, everything that De Palma does is just over-sexualized. Yeah. And there's the whole... One of my favorite lines... <laughs> From the movie is uh, John Travolta setting up the. Which First of all, I love beautiful John Travolta. John Travolta. <laughs> this is, is just like he's just acting up a storm, paving the way for Larry the Cable Guy. We'll get yeah. it done. Um, <laughs> I like my jaw hit the floor when I watched it this past night for this night. Curtin be like, "Get her done, get yeah. her done." I'm like, "No." John Travolta came up with he that. He came up with uh, it's uh, when he's setting up the bucket and he says something. He's like, "If you," he's like, "If you." behave yourself, I'll let you pull the rope. Yeah. And she's like, I plan to. Yeah. Like, I know you do. And I was like, Yeah. They mean sex. Yeah. They mean sex. That's that's what that's they're what talking, we're talking about. about everybody. And then it's like the tension of like she's kind of like jerking the rope yeah. and there's an explosion and you're just like, Jesus Christ. Like, come put on, it man. away. But it, that you're totally right. That build up to that. It's like um I heard uh one guy talk about it uh when he was uh, and it's perfect, so I'm gonna fucking steal it. <laughs> um, it's like uh, building up on a roller coaster, like that it's entire slow motion is is you going up the ramp, and then just as the blood hits, it's that moment of like you're at the top and you're frozen, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden people start laughing, and you just yeah. start going down this roller coaster, and it doesn't let up until she gets home. Yeah, and, and I feel like the movie captured it so. So really good. The movie does does way more with the prom section of the book, which I guess we should say the book is separated into two sections mainly. There's yeah. a third at the end, which is kind of like epilogue. Yeah, stuff. but it's mostly just like the two mm-hmm. two sections. And the uh, the name of the first chapter is Bloodsport, mm-hmm. which is what they named the video in uh, in the 2013 because they videotaped the whole uh, shower scene yeah. and they posted. And they say, like, favorite movie, Bloodsport, favorite drink, Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. Absolute dicks. <laughs> um, and then the uh, second one is Prom. Mm-hmm. And then the third epilogue is Wreckage, Wreckage. Mm-hmm. And that's mainly, like, the autopsy report of Carrie White. And then just kind of wrapping up the stories of all that. Which the name of the book, the, the fictional book that's in the story, The, sh- mm-hmm. the, sh- the Shadow Exploded. Yeah. What a way better name. Book. Yeah, I'm like that would have been a really, that been a really good one. And like, except like, because Carrie's really good because it's very much about her. But like at the same time, this book is very much about Sue Snell. Oh yeah, more Absolutely. so than any of the movies. Yeah, so like, she has a huge thing going on. Sometimes, like book. when I was reading it, I was thinking, like, who's the real main character of the story? Is it Sue or is it Carrie? Mm-hmm. And I kind of like 
think of it more as like Harry was just kind of like this like entity almost to a lot of people. In more ways than one. Yeah. And um, I think that was part of it too, of that. It's getting like probably really deep into it, but like people didn't really see her much as like a person necessarily. And I think in when Sue's wondering if she's doing it more for Carrie or for her. I would wonder, like, is she doing it for Carrie the person, or is she doing it for, like, Carrie just an unfortunate soul person? Right. Yeah. And that's that's what's really interesting in the book, is, like, there's this back and forth with her where she's like, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm so, it's so far gone at this point, like, I don't know who I'm doing this for yeah. or why I'm doing it. I know that I want to make Carrie happy, but is that for selfishness? And mm-hmm. they go into the whole thing, like, in the book, not only is Carrie... Telekinetic, she's telepathic. Yeah. And she can read people's minds, she can put images in their heads, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like, which which leads me to this really weird thing, because they kind of go into that in the new one, where she's kind of telepathic, and it, it's the whole thing is the ending of Carrie mm-hmm. in the book is way different than either of the movies we've ever yeah. done. Carrie walks out of the school, mm-hmm. closes the doors, and watches from the outside and uh, electrocutes and burns everybody alive. Yeah. The school explodes, and then she starts making her way to her house, destroying the town, the entire town, as yeah. she goes, which is one of the most amazing things I've ever read in the yeah. book. That whole, like, those, like, 40 pages where it's Carrie walking from the school to there, and how they kind of, you don't see the events from Carrie's point of view. You mm-hmm. you see them from uh, everybody else's, either post or then, and all this sort of stuff, and then when you go back, mm-hmm. and you just read, like, 30 pages of, like, Carrie, like, the blood fell on Carrie, and she destroyed the school, she destroyed the town, uh, her mom is dead, blah, 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 and then it goes back, and you get to see it from Carrie's point of view as she catches yeah. up with everything that you've seen, and you're like, ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and she just continues going, and she destroys the entire town, and the whole time she's sending telepathically into everybody's head, mm-hmm. Carrie White, my name is Carrie White, yeah. hearkening back to everybody always getting her name wrong. Yep. And that's why everybody's like, I saw it, and it was Carrie White. And they're like, have you ever seen Carrie White before? No. How'd you know it was her? And he's just like, I just knew. Mm-hmm. And it goes into this whole thing that ends with an insanely cheesy ending between Sue and Carrie, but, like, very sincere at the same time, yeah. very sweet. And I think it kind of rides the line. I don't know how they would ever do that. Yeah. I was hoping they did it in the new one, because I, yeah. really, I was like, how do you film that? Because they're, they're talking telepathically mm-hmm. to one another as Carrie is dying outside the Cavalier, which is the bar just outside of town, having just killed uh, Tommy and Chris. Yeah. No, uh, Billy and Chris, Billy. sorry. Um, and she's dying and she's just like, and it's just their minds are connected. Mm-hmm. And she gives all of her memories to Sue and Sue gives all of her memories mm-hmm. unwillingly and unknowingly to Carrie. And then like the experience of dying is Carrie dies, Sue feels it. Yeah, that and she was... knows what it's like to die. And it's like, Ugh. like Imagine knowing that as a 17-year-old. That's horrible. Like, I work with, like, six, like 16, 17-year-old girls. And they're nowhere near self-aware. <laughs> yeah, she's very, she's woke as fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's just like, hold on a second here. She's mm-hmm. a human being. Yeah, and the ability to just, like, notice, like, when you're being terrible, which is, like, especially now that I work with teenagers, thinking... They say the meanest things to each other. They do oh. the meanest things to each other. And in my head, as a semi-adult, I'm like, why would you do that to a person? But then, like, looking back, I'm like, that is, you don't even know 
that you're be, not that you don't know you're being that way, but do it. Yeah, you're just, just like doing. it's an idea, so I'm gonna do it. It's I a jerk reaction. These teenagers drove by me the other day, and I was wearing my favorite purple shirt <laughs> outside, and the guys drove by, and one of the kids like put his head out the window, and very I'm gonna try and say it exactly how he said it. He's like, "Purple's not your color," <laughs> and I'm like. That's really funny. One and ow! And like, hey, so this is my favorite shirt. You just ruined my favorite shirt. What's your problem? <laughs> you know, they they like pick at like the littlest littlest things, which I feel like is and the simplest things. People, yeah, yeah, because it's easy for them to see. But the simplest things are really the things that we're the most vulnerable about because we never expect anybody to. That's so easy. It's just right out there, and it's like then they go for it, and it's like all your worst dreams are coming true. Exactly. So I made a big, like, after I read it, a parallel between the way Carrie acted with her telekinetic powers to, like, present day, like, school shootings and things like that. Oh, very much. That was, like, what I was thinking to be, like, entire part. There were people, it was it was interesting, too, because they kind of parallel between people like, oh, this isn't an issue we can talk about. I'm finding if we can find other telekinetic kids, it'll just go away. It's just a one-time thing. Yeah. Like, which is, I feel like, how exactly people deal with that. Now, absolutely, but like it's an isolated event, yet it happens 100%. all the time. We're yeah. not getting to like an underlying, and it's really weird that this happened like 20 years beforehand. Yeah, it's crazy, mm-hmm. and that's another thing that the uh, the newer movie like she kind of just reacts and she's not really malicious mm-hmm. in like the book and the uh, the Palmer. Like, she's just kind of like almost as if she's out of control, yeah, and she's just freaking out, she's constantly just trying to. Uh, clean the blood off of her hands and get the hair out of her mm-hmm. face as she's walking home. She's trying to get home, but all of her other thoughts are just like, I fucking hate all of them. I yeah. wish they would burn and everything's burning. And then she's like looking at things and she wants it to happen and it happens. And she's kind of just like going with it and throwing a temper tantrum mm-hmm. and destroying this entire town that she thinks deserves it. Yeah. In the new one, she, like she's literally like filled with emotion. Like, I'm going to get you now. Yeah. I'm going to get you now. And mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and it's kind of like, in a weird way, both are like symbolic of what happens when you push someone too far mm-hmm. and you get something like Columbine or some kind of like school shooting or terrorist attack. Like it's, you, you push someone too far and they're going to become the bully. You know, they're going to become the one that is malicious. And it's like, you know, the whole idea of like evil begets evil. Mm-hmm. And you see how beautiful these girls are to her in that, like, that shower scene is just oh like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> As a girl, I was like, if that was me, because first of all, there's, like, the internal of her mother never talked to her right. about any of what that is. We haven't gotten to that yet, yeah. which I'm like, yeah, let's get the school stuff out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> but her, her mom never told her anything about them, that it just happens at the most inopportune time. Uh, when you're in the middle of the locker room for all these other girls that already pick at you for everything. Mm-hmm. But for like something like that to happen to you, like getting your first year at 17, not knowing what it even is, is even that is terrifying. Uh, and it's so you, when you think about how, what she was feeling inside of like, oh my god, this is happening to me. Like, why are people laughing at me? There's this terrible thing. And just like the scene where she goes to her mom, she's like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? It's like such a big thing where I feel like she first really notices, like, oh, my mom's really not out for my uh, best interests. <laughs> that, is, that is a weird thing, too, yeah. that happens in all the versions where it kind of seems like there's been this, like, lackadaisical walk mm-hmm. of their life for the 17 years that Carrie's been around where, like, they've just kind of day in, day out done the same thing and there's been little tiny moments. 
that have been repressed. But for the most part, the shower scenes will kind of really not carry. But like uh, in every single version, she the light goes out um, in the shower room. Mm. The ashtray flips off, or something happens in the the principal's yeah. office, and then she knocks the kid down on the yeah. bike. And it's like this one, two, three, where she's like, "Oh, something happened! Oh my God, it happened again! I think I made that one happen." And then she starts to realize, like, Mama can't bully me around anymore because I'm in control. And she starts feeling powerful, and it's kind of the same thing as, like, peer pressure. High school, being bullied, it's like, I have this power now. And it starts to kind of mess around with her, you know, her, like, the zeitgeist that she's been, like, brought up with. And I think that's why things escalate so quickly once we catch up after that shower scene. It's just kind of like, all of a sudden, she's talking back to her mom. And mom's just like, oh, no, hold on yeah. a second here. And they're like, I tried to kill you like three times oh before. I thought you were cancer, yeah. which is like a really great part of the book. But then they mess around with it a little bit in the mm-hmm. new one. Yeah. And it, but we'll get into that in the, in the next half. Yeah. Cause that's, I want to talk about all the marmals. I have so um, many things. There's so many things. Um, who else is, uh, I mean, Nancy Allen plays Chris in the Brian De Palma one. Fantastic. Oh yeah. I nobody nobody chews gum like that bitch. If I if I may, like she just chews gum and you're like, you just uh, suck. Like, <laughs> you're the worst. Um Sissy Spacek is also fine. Oh, she's great in that movie. I think like she did have nominated oh, really? for Best Actress, yeah. Oh, wow. And lost to I think it was uh, Faye Dunaway from Network, though. Have you ever seen Network? I have, but it's I know one of the best movies ever made, and it's like, it beats everything. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times that we've, I've gotten in conversations about movies and like good movies or bad performances or what was good this year or that year, and how Network just comes up and like the conversation yeah. over, and you're like, well, it's <laughs> You know, I think she captured Carrie really, really, really well. I, in the newer one, I personally don't like Corey Murphy. Grace Morris, whatever she yeah, yeah. is, as an actress already, but she's, I didn't like the She's kind of, like, I really like her a lot, but I think she's kind of one note. Yeah. You know, and I want to be nice to her, <laughs> but I also feel the same way about Julianne Moore, which we'll get yeah. to. Like, Julianne Moore, I think, is very one note. Her one note is just really good. Yeah. And she can put it into certain things, and it kind of depends on, your mileage may vary mm-hmm. on how often you want to see her in things. So sometimes her shit works real good. And sometimes, like you carry, yeah. <laughs> her shit just falls flat on the yeah. floor, and you're like, yeah, da, 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 don't really, not really getting this one. Um, did you know that they wanted Sissy Spacek to play the mother? And really? they were like, they're going for that. And she almost did huh. it. And I'm like, interesting. That would be interesting. She's way too nice <laughs> I guess so. I mean, and but they could have like. I mean, she's gotten older, you know, but she still looks like. Yeah. I mean, in the movie, in Carrie, she's twenty five, playing seventeen year old. The teacher is actually only the actress that plays her like teacher. The teacher is only three years older than her in real life. It's like, <laughs> it's like okay. Um, and actually, the teacher from that one is uh, she's been in. Um, I just saw her because I recently rewatched the movie Split. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Split? I haven't yet. You would like Split for your background? Yeah. Because it deals with, um, was it, uh, Multi- yeah, multiple personalities. Yeah, yeah. yeah or disassociative, which I think is what it more is in real life, but. 
Right, and but it, this is like a fictionalized version yeah. of that where they're just like one's a child. <laughs> One's like OCD and one's like... See, I've been meaning to see it for that reason, but it's fun. like, I I don't know, I, just, I, haven't, I haven't gotten around to it yet. And then also, like, just from what I've heard, I've heard it's like maybe just problematic in a few ways. It's problematic in a few ways, and I, you know, I'm always open to, like, let's have some conversations mm-hmm. that, like, you know, push the conversation beyond just the movie. What are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. But I really think that, you know, it's, uh, like, not really spoiling anything, it's common. Mm-hmm. And he's a compliment, though. Yeah. And, you know, like, if uh, you can have a conversation about the implications of his disease and the real-life disease mm-hmm. just as much as you can have a, a conversation about split personality with two years. Or, you know, kind of like, um, you know, like, manic-depressive disorder as far as, like, you know, the Joker from the comics. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can have that conversation because it is there, but I think because we live in such like a woke environment in America right now where people are really trying to push forward, like, let's talk about things. Like, race is a thing. Talk about it. Yeah. It gets to the point where people start to feel burned out, and they're like, why are you pushing that on us now? Like, why are you, why does it always have to be about that? It's like, because that's, it's always about that for yeah. them. Exactly. You know, why are you always pushing, like, the women agenda or the race agenda? It's like, because women and people of color are feeling that every yeah. single day. That's what? literally the definition <laughs> of white privilege. Yeah. Is like you don't think that it needs to be talked about. Yeah. Like you and, can see it in a movie and be like, oh, like that has nothing to do with me. And then leave the movie theater and not think about it anymore. But if you're someone who suffers with something like that, watching that movie, like, wow, it's a good people. Right. And you can think about things like people that, you know, have a disease that Dustin Hoffman has in Rain Man. You know, now all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. Like this iconic portrayal mm-hmm. of of your disease in this character, and now everybody, whatever you tell somebody to have that, you know they're going to be like, oh, like, like Rain Man, yeah. And it's like, no, it's, it's not like Rain I Man. I took um psychological class my sophomore year of undergrad, and I work um with now adults who have autism, and um that brought gets brought up so many times, even in textbooks. They're like, it's not like in Rain Man because that's what people were. Exactly. Well, autism especially, it's so, it, it's always been around, but people are being a lot more aware of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like everything around. in general. Yeah. People are really starting to peel back the layers, because, like, nothing is an absolute. Mm-hmm. Nothing can just be looked at and go, like, that's exactly what it is, because everything is a thing that's been around and that will be around mm-hmm. and is changing and has changed. So you need to be able to look at it and have, like, an onion mind yeah. and realize that sometimes I'm going to have to peel layers back on my brain and give up morals that I thought that I needed for ones that I think will do the most good. Mm-hmm. And some people just can't do that because, they're like, no, I'm perfect. Yeah. I got my purple shirt. <laughs> and all the teenagers like it. Like, that's not the world. Um, but yeah, Split is definitely problematic in that way. But it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. It, it It's dark. And it also deals not only with that disease, but it also deals with uh, some very intense imagery of child abuse. Um, and it's it's intense, but like I watched it because I'm a big Ed Night Shyamalan fan. I think he's an amazing director. He uh, sometimes is not that great of a writer, and sometimes uh, things just don't work out. Yeah, in the movies he does. But it's really funny because the girl that plays. Um, which totally yeah. <laughs> but the girl that plays uh, the teacher in Carrie in the Palmer version, she plays the psychiatrist in Split. Oh. 
And she's also this great character in The Happening, which I don't know if you've yeah, seen see that. that. She's the old lady that, oh. in the house, yeah, that blows the little kid away. Spoiler alert for The Happening. Oh my gosh. That's her. Looks totally not, different. Yeah, totally I know. Like, Absolutely insane. And this one you're going to love. In one of the girls, uh, one of the, well, Piper Laurie, uh, who is from like, Halloween mm-hmm. and Rock and Roll High School, she plays the girl with the cap mm-hmm. that just has yeah. a cap on, even at prom, which I thought was really good. She even had it on her hair curler thing. Which yeah. Was yeah, which, <laughs> um, and, but there's also, there's a, there's like this kind of like short, stocky girl with big, big glasses. Yeah. Do you know who that is? No. That's, it's the girl, it's the, uh, the car salesman from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh my god. Like, she's in a bunch of stuff, and I can't remember her name right now, which sucks because I wanted to write it down, but I was like, I'll remember it, and I can't. <laughs> um, she's like in tons of stuff. Huh. I think she was in um, All in the Family or something. I can't remember right now. I'm just embarrassing myself. I go on tangents <laughs> I start naming things. Like, she's in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> no, she's not. Um, all right, this is. A, do you want to do anything else about the cast real quick before we take a break and then we'll start talking about. Some other stuff. No, I think I'm good. Maybe we got a man of snow. That accent of his. When he's like, I, I love the bit with him drinking the beer. Yeah. The guy's like, What's up? Want to hang out? He's like, yeah. No, I'm going to go have sex. And then the girls show up and they're like, Hey, you want to have sex with me? And he's like, No, I already got this one, but I'll see you later. And then the cops. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, and he then throws it down. Well, with that too, uh, I always say, Have a new no, no, exactly. This is why we're um, um, I feel like, I mean, I loved him in that movie, but I think I all just love John Travolta in any movie he's in. But yeah, he's just I, got that. Yeah, he's got I feel that. like he was too like charismatic. Like Billy For in the Billy book, book is like a really messed up, and they touch on a lot in the book. He's yeah. very dark. He's fucked up. Yeah, he's a fucked up pit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and that's like all like I think most book adaptations. This is something that like you know I want to talk about in the second half too. Like mm-hmm. what or like this whole book club is trying to do is like you know there are a lot of things that you can't put in a movie mm-hmm. either the time it's not going to translate uh, but I think translating is the big one yeah. and it's like in the new Carrie they kind of present Billy as a mm-hmm. he's got short hair he <laughs> obviously hasn't shaved in the movie he's pretty fucked up yeah. you know it's that classic thing in this I imagine somebody that kind of looked like John Travolta yeah. good looking kid you know, good smile, mm-hmm. charismatic, and get away with shit. Yeah. And which is why he has all these underlying things that doesn't get addressed. Exactly. He doesn't know yet. Like this isn't normal. He has. He he's like. Uh, I think there's a big line. There's a big line toward the end that I love that really shows a lot of Billy's character. I think I could just be speculating, but I think that uh, Billy is. Uh, you know, they sprinkle the fact that like his dad, because his dad died. As well, just like Carrie, um, which there's like not, there's like no dads in this scene, except for Chris's yeah. dad. Yeah, but there's no dads. All the dads are fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, there, there's a line where he says uh, he combs his hair after he realizes the, the town's on fire. And he's in the at the in his apartment at the Cavalier, yeah. and he gets up. And he washes his face real quick, and he combs his hair. And then there's just a line that says, what type of comb it was. Mm-hmm. And then it says, his dad gave it to him. And he's had it for, like, you know, 10 years, and not a single tooth is broken. Mm-hmm. And it repeats it on a single one. Mm-hmm. And I think that reveals that 
either it could say like you know he misses his dad so it's the one relic that he has from him and it's a moment of like sweetness for his character but I think it goes to show that I think that he might have had a very a very abusive yeah. relationship with his father and he never broke the tooth because it was like I'll get in trouble mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah. and I think that's why like if they had just pointed out like he, he gave him this thing and none of the teeth were broken on it and lifted at that mm-hmm. I'd be like oh maybe it's this or that but I think because they repeat like not yeah. a single one was broken I think it's because he comes from a very similar uh, home life that Carrie came from where Carrie's is very emotional and sometimes physical so is his very emotional and sometimes physical they both lost parents mm-hmm. and so they're kind of like the two different directions that you can go you can become isolated you shut yourself off to try and shield yourself or you can literally build yourself a physical and emotional shield mm-hmm. where you just you put on this character yeah, and then it just sometimes comes out bullets. It's like when they're doing the things that everything, even his friends are like, dude. <laughs> like, this is kind of fucked up. This is yeah. kind of messed up. There's a great moment in the new category where they won't do it, and he takes the sledgehammer and kisses it mm-hmm. before he does it, and I'm just like, yeah, good call. Good call on set that thing. But yeah, Billy's character is way more fucked up in the book. Tommy's character is way more sympathetic, where you yeah. really feel like he, he tells that story about kicking the guy in the ribs when he was already out. That's in the new one as yeah. well, like, and they just they sprinkle those little things in the new one, and it 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 works mm-hmm. at some points, but the film is yeah, just the, like, the movie has a whole just an absolute just <laughs> box of shit. Yeah. Like I don't want to be mean <laughs> to it because I did enjoy watching it. It's just like you're like, where are you, where are you guys going? Like, yeah, like, especially after reading no, the book, you're like, it's yeah. It's, I was really happy that reading the book was. All right, let's let's yeah. take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll break into the whole mama thing and talk about the book club, and we'll say what book we're doing next. Okay, and that's all I have to say for that. Okay. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying this great episode of Story Screen Presents, our first real page turner. Uh, just want to take this moment real quick to let you know about all the other great shows that we've got on Story Screen Presents. If you're not familiar, uh, we've got uh, Hot Takes, is great, Jack and Robbie's show where they go and see new movies nice and fresh without even talking about them, jump on the mic nice and hot and discuss it. Sometimes they have guests, sometimes I'm on there too, and those are the really good ones. Uh, we've also got Overdrinkers the podcast that I host where I just uh, pretty much get drunk with a bunch of people and we talk about some older movies or some newer movies, more of a retrospective. We've also got Cathoid Raycast, Bernadette Gorman's uh, podcast that's all about TV shows. It's really picking up. We've got some American Gods, Handmaid's Tale. We covered the Emmys. Stranger Things is on the way, plus some also really, really great stuff. Uh, Tons of episodes, tons of shows, so make sure you go back there, like, Comment, share, subscribe, uh, tell your friends if they like listening to a bunch of idiots talk about movies and TV shows. This is the thing for them. Uh, all right, so let's get back to talking about Carrie. Thanks. Welcome back, guys, to Real Page Turner. Great name for a book club about movies and books. Like, that's just it. That's a fantastic fucking name. But you know what it's about. Copyrighted the shit out of that. Um, 
So we're back talking about Carrie. I think uh, we're let's just jump off into like what we've been kind of uh, dancing around, Mama. 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 <laughs> There's a lot there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not exactly sure which version is my favorite because the book version and the movie version are very different. So different. Kind of like the same way where like Sissy Spacek is like, you know, beautiful in comparison to how Carrie is presented in this yeah. supposed to be overweight, uh, short, staunchy, pimply. Yeah, but she's know, like tall. But she's a tall lady. And she's like, yeah, she looks like that's you. She literally looks like an actress. Yeah. She looks like a twenty-five-year-old actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, this one for the I thought for the nineteen seventy-six. Nineteen seventy-six. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just really trying to like get together. <laughs> um, I think I. Uh, I, I confused some names before uh, with uh, PJ Souls is the girl that's from Halloween and Rock and Roll High School. Oh, okay. Piper Laurie. I, when I said it before, I was like, wait a minute. Did I just say the right no, name? Right, I, know, I just, I just nodded with him. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah but people listening, I said that and they're like, idiot. But I'm, I'm catching myself. Um, Piper Laurie is uh, the actress who plays um, the mom, okay. Margaret. And she is of uh, old school movie fame, uh, but for me, she will always hold, hold a special place in my heart with the faculty. Have you ever seen the movie The Faculty, where it's like Invasions of the Body Snatchers only in high school and Teen Heartthrob Josh Hartnett, OG <laughs> Teen Heartthrob, um, is like a dude that like sells speed, oh. and speed, and he puts it inside pens, and you can snip it, so it's like the see-through big pens, but yeah. they're like white. Because they got speed in there, and that's the only way to kill them is like to stab them with speed. Elijah Wood is in it. Ooh. There's a lot of teen heart stars in it. <laughs> Clay Duvall is in it. Um, uh, Robert Patrick, who's the T1000 in Terminator 2, is in it. He's the coach. John Stewart of Daily Show fame is in it. Really? And he gets his like fingers cut off, and like because he, he's he becomes like an alien. Sport, <laughs> Uh, well, great fucking movie. And she plays one of the teachers. Uh, and I remember watching this movie uh, for this time, and it was the first time it hit me that that was her. Because it's, you know, it's like 20 years have passed, and I think she kind of went away too shortly after this movie. Because um, her IMDb is very blank in between. And I think she maybe retired and came back, dipped her feet in the pond a little bit more, and then like went away. But Piper and Lori's, like, performance in this is out of control. Oh, yeah. Creepy. Like, that, even when yeah, she just, like, shows up uh, in the beginning, in the first scene we get with her, where she's just like, mm-hmm. so, by the way, it came to totally creep <laughs> you out on this really nice afternoon, <laughs> and then just leaves, and it's just like, sin, mm-hmm. sin. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but, like, in the book, again, like, very uh, overweight. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the first times you see her is, like, was a, like, it's, like, was a very large woman. She sounds more intimidating. Yeah, way more like a force. Kind of like, I think of like, you know, the stereotypical, you know, like, uh, Russian female that you get where it's just like, I would break you. (laughs) Their hair is pulled back too tight in a Mm -hmm. bun. Like, I imagine something where it's kind of like, you know, uh, more like, uh, you saw Handmaid's Tale? Oh, yes. Oh, you gotta watch Handmaid's Tale. No, it's fine, dude. Like, I see too much. Mm -hmm. You, you like, are, like, learning 
to do this thing that's going to help people for the rest of your life. I'm like watching movies and comparing women to each other. Things change. Um, but yeah, there's kind of like a, just like an authority kind of thing where like she's completely uh, desexualized in that way where she's a woman, which lends itself to her character a lot. Yeah. Or she's just kind of like, I remember the first time I watched it, when I was kind of young, but I think I saw this probably at like, probably like 14, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I understood high school and I understood yeah. what was going on. I remember one of the things I always thought was like, if her mom is so like against sex and stuff, how the fuck did she have Carrie? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, great. Yeah. Uh, well, from that right, fits. right off the get-go, before you even talk about it, I had a suspicion of it. Because mm-hmm. I think a big like theme in this book was guilt. Oh, yes. Mal's guilt and her mom's Carrie's mom's guilt of being like Carrie for her I think was just the symbol walking around that she was a, like a product of sin is kind yeah. of what I'm saying which Absolutely. is she kind of presented Carrie always for the most so like a reminder that something really terrible happened to her too so I feel like the two conflicting things of that and already I feel like her character is not stable to begin with so just a mixture of all those things I mean, it, it very much is like her story as well happening. It's like a subplot. Mm-hmm. Almost like you return back to Margaret White in the book from time to time from like, uh, not, not her point of view narratively, mm-hmm. but like narrating from her, like it's what's going on with her. Yeah. Like we're getting, you know, because it does kind of go into their heads whenever they're talking about Margaret White or talking about Sue Snell or talking about Tommy, they'll get, they have the parentheses mm-hmm. where it's like, They'll be talking about a feeling that they don't know how to explain. Yeah. And then in the parentheses, you get a line break, and it will be kind of like all lowercase, no punctuation, mm-hmm. just like their thought, and their thoughts kind of mixing together. And that pays off great in the final scene mm-hmm. between Carrie and Sue, where they're just communicating through this kind of of this kind of mind wave. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do kind of get a, 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 an inkling into the, what's going through their heads. It's literally what it is. Yeah. Um, and Margaret White is just completely believes everything that she's doing. Mm-hmm. She's not lying. She's not trying to manipulate. She like one hundred percent believes. Yeah. Like in the book, you get more of her history, like her parents and everything. And like, uh, yeah, her parents because her dad died. Dad yeah. died. Dad died. That's the same thing too. Place. I saw it. I haven't read the book yet, but uh, I noticed that there's in all the families, there's only one kid with both parents. And even one but, of them is the Yeah, and it, it, it's very important. I don't know if that's because, a movie thing. Yeah, it, it, it's very important that the parents aren't there because mm-hmm. it's like the fact that like parents don't care because the kids are like, look at this, look at this, and yeah. the parents don't believe you, yeah, don't pay yeah. attention, so they kind of turn a blind eye to everything that's going on. In this, it just kind of feels like he's taking all the men out, mm-hmm. you know, because the book is very much, and I think they do it even more aggressively into Palmas, where like women are in control. Yeah, you know, definitely. like the uh, the te- her gym teacher is telling like the principal and everybody like this is how this shit's gonna go down. Mm-hmm. This is acceptable. Chris is manipulating Tommy to the point where Tommy just you know becomes out of goes out of control. Mm-hmm. But she is the one that like gets him to do all this stuff to the point where he thinks it's his idea. Yeah, uh, which is stupid in the new one too. They make it Tommy's idea. Billy, <laughs> sorry, Billy, yeah, Billy. They make it Billy's idea, like because Chris is like, "Where are we going?" Yeah, but actually, and Chris in the other one is played by uh, Portia Doubleday, 
who is in Mr. Robot, which is another thing you said beforehand in the scene, but you should totally watch Mr. Robot as well, for the exact same reason, too, because it is, it deals with, you know, kind of social disorders and stuff like that, but I think it does it in a very, it deals with that whole kind of, um, I don't want to give anything away here, because Mr. Ro- part of what's really good about Mr. Robot is it's just surprises, but it deals with kind of like mental disorders and um, anxieties in a way that is respectful, but also engaging and entertaining and almost kind of fantasy-like. It keeps it grounded, doesn't yeah. paint any raw pictures. And when it does paint like a different reality of what things really are, they're kind of like, yeah, well, this is like aggressive. We've never seen anything like this before yeah. in a lot. So you're just like, oh, most people aren't like that. Yeah. Um, but she's great in that. And the whole time I was watching it last night, I was like, do I know this person in real life <laughs> or something? Because I looked up her IMDb and Mr. Robot didn't show up. It was just showing some movies that she was in. And I'm like, I haven't seen these. What the fuck is this? Do I, I was like, do I know this person like in real life? And she's just an actress that I didn't know. And then I finally saw Mr. Robot. I was like, oh, oh perfect. Um, but no, uh, God, what were we talking about before that time? I'm usually really good at keeping on like what we're talking about. Uh, Billy. Yeah. Being in control and women are in control and everything like and even like, you know, Carrie ends up taking control at the end, but throughout most of the movie she is under control of Margaret. Mm-hmm. And uh Sue Snell is telling Tommy, you know, she's like, You should take care. Like all the women are pulling all the strings and there's nothing there's absolutely no there's no characterization of that. It's just like that's the way it is. That never comes back to bite them in the ass or anything mm-hmm. like that. That's just like, that's how it is. The women are running the show and the story. And I think that goes back to what uh, Steve, I was talking about before with Stephen King was like, I can write women. All right, I'll write the fuck out of women. Here we go. And he just kind of made this like kind of uh, hyper-feminist piece, which uh, its feminism is is laid so bare and out there and obvious that you don't even pick up on it. He was like, this is just a story where almost all the main characters are women. Yeah, all the main characters are women. It, it revolves around the weaknesses and strengths of women on a day-to-day life. You know, just like, I love in the book where she, like, laughs the first time she thinks time of the month. Mm-hmm. And she thinks of it like a game show. Yeah. And it's like, can you guess the correct time of the month? Like, And there's a sweetness to carry in the yeah. book that is, again, it's untranslatable. You can't do it without, without like, openly just, like, you know, internal narrativization. Mm-hmm. And like getting like just having a sister's face and have a voiceover, yeah, which is not good because you want to feel uncomfortable. And she's got such expressive eyes and oh she's so good at acting that she yeah. can just kind of throw it. It's crazy how she goes from so cute mm-hmm. to like when she is, she's got like that yeah. thing with her eyes where it's just like, how did she do that? And we're just like coming out. It's like she's like two different people, yeah. almost. Mm-hmm. And you know, the cutesy of it too, like when I was watching the movie and you see her like getting ready for prom and trying on all these lipsticks, I'm like, oh, it's gonna go so bad for you, but it's I want it to so go bad. so good. Yeah. Like, she's so excited, and even her in the prom, and you know, you can see her coming out of her shell a little bit. That's the sweetest like, part oh, I don't know of all dance. of them, too. Yeah. Like, they, nobody, the, uh, there was the miniseries, too, in like 2002 or something like that, and there was also the Rage Carrie, too, oh. which came out in a time where they like to put. The, the, like the surname before that's the like Hulu. I saw it yeah, they used to do that yeah. they like Book of Shadows <laughs> Blair Witch 2 you know they do stuff like that but um all 
all of the scenes where it's like we've gotten to know all these characters in the situation and now this like big party thing is happening and everything's going to be okay and then it doesn't in between when that thing starts happening where everything's going to be okay and it turns are some of like the most engaging parts of I was smiling just watching the new ones where you're just like oh man I'm like she's so happy she deserves this like oh it's even so mean to her and she's trusting them and everything's turning out fine and she shows up even in the book and she shows up and everybody's like oh your dress is beautiful yeah. like there's a couple like assholes mm-hmm. who are just like I'm an asshole yeah. and walk away <laughs> but for the most part everybody's like very welcoming mm-hmm. and like hey you look so beautiful like I never really yeah took the time to look at you and you look great where'd you get your dress well I made it that's amazing here's your seats would you like some punch this is my friend, this is my friend, we don't have to dance now, and he's yeah. been super sweet. And you're just like, this is great. There's a and line, then, yeah, there's a line in the book that I really like, that underlined it, where he was like, you know, he was super understanding, she didn't want to go dance, he's like, oh, do you mind if we go visit the other table? In the book it says, she thought about it, and she's like, well, he's attending to me, I should attend to him now. Yeah. I thought that was such like, a sweet little... Because this, there's that line he says, like, we'll see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one line that they never bring up in the book and the movies. It's really funny how the new movie and the old movie very much kind of, uh, the, the new movie copies the old movie more than it copies the book. Like, mm-hmm. It takes lines like, they're all going to laugh at you is not in the book, right? No. No, right? I was not, waiting for that yeah, the whole that time. Yeah, that was a little different because um, she came up and was saying, kind of like telling, talking about, oh, like, don't go because like they're going to laugh at you, but in the book it's more of like, don't go because it's simple. Because it's simple and they're going to trick you and all that stuff. Yeah, she does say, like, they'll trick you. Yeah. Because that was a, th- a lot of, uh, Carrie would say a lot of people, like, are you tricking me? Right? Mm-hmm. I don't like tricks. Mm-hmm. So. And they do that in the new one as well, too. I mean, they do it in the old one, too, and they'll, fuck, <laughs> getting these boys. It's those wise. These two it's white Tommy boys just look the exact same. <laughs> um, uh, when Tommy, like, first asks her, she, like, runs away. She's yeah. Just, like, like to be tricked because that's exactly what you would think. You're mm-hmm. just pushed around your whole yeah. life. And you know, and the second one also does like the, the remake, um uh 2013 one, does this thing of really shoving it down your throat that she's bullied. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, like, <laughs> they just keep showing everyone like Carrie White eats shit on yeah. the locker room doors and like guys doing that whole like weird, like gross blowjob. Mm-hmm. Like thing where they're like with the tongue in the chew. Yeah. Like, God, guys, come on. <laughs> have a little. That's not how it works. You can't do that. And like they just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Where in the original Tapama one, they're really just like, they're like, they give you the shower room scene, they give you the volleyball scene, shower room scene. Yeah. And then that's generally kind of it. There's mm-hmm. people talking about it behind your back and eat shit and all that stuff. But that's really all you need because it just like lays that groundwork. And then at the end, it, it's kind of make, it makes it even sadder yeah. when she like finally explodes because you're just like this is just the way some people treat people and it's wrong. But now like you've overstepped this this line and she's become you know the aggressive the, yeah. like the the uh, the, guess the she's become the aggressor when she was the one that was being the aggressed to yeah, yeah the victim the victim was the word I was looking for the yeah like the, yeah the aggressive. <laughs> become the aggressor um yeah like and all of a sudden like her like the the the, the victimization that we've been seeing her do like happen to her throughout the whole movie it just like 
flips on itself, and all of a sudden she's just killing everybody, which is an interesting question. Did you think that in the book, everybody starts laughing? In the movie, it kind of looks like Carrie is imagining everybody. Listen, I think everyone was laughing, but it wasn't her. They talk about it in the book where people started laughing when Tommy got hit in the head. Yeah. And that it was kind of like, I think they say it mostly from the gym teacher's point of view, of like something so terrible happened, and then this kind of little comical thing, I mean, it wasn't that comical, because they didn't know it at the time, but they to kill Tommy. Crushed him. <laughs> But, you know, they saw that, and to kind of, like, break that, oh, my God, this is terrible, they're like, oh, like, it's kind of funny. So they weren't laughing, I don't think, at Carrie, but, of course, she thinks that there right. is. And it's also such a teenage thing. You think everyone's talking Absolutely, about you yeah. laughing And that's, you. like, how it's staged in the book. Yeah, they say that line, and it's, like, it's one of those moments where you either, you would either cry mm-hmm. or laugh to be able to release yeah. the pressure of what's going on, and nobody was going to cry for Carrie White. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. Carrie White. You know, so there is a little bit of that in there, and it makes it kind of like, that's very realistic. That's why people would laugh at something like this. It's mm-hmm. so horrible. But in the movie, it it goes to, it, everybody is just like laughing and pointing yeah, at her. Yeah, I think that part she I think like, I think like the the girl like with the hat and everything, he, like, she's like, I think she's like, she's the one that laughs. Yeah, and she, she like, instigates it. bumps yeah. somebody else, and other people like kind of chuckle, but then I think that she starts looking at specific people. Yeah, like the gym teacher. Like the gym teacher. Principal. The gym teacher has no reason to laugh like yeah. that. And I think it is like maybe a little bit that she's seeing it inside her. It could work either way. I think at that point she just saw the world as a collective. Like these right. people did this to me. And I think, especially when they, they she zeroes in on the gym teacher, they have that quote of her saying, like, oh, you can trust me. You can trust Where me. Where she's like, I did, and you were like the one person that kind of you know, was there for me, and now you're not. You're along mm-hmm. with everyone else. They've also got that really sweet moment, too, uh, at the table where oh she tells God, her yeah. about her prom night mm-hmm. and how, like, she was with the guy that, like, she was, mm-hmm. was, she was like, three inches taller yeah. than her in her heels. Um, and there's a different version, I think, in the movie where she talks about um, they got a flat, and she had to like walk like three miles. Yeah. By the time they got there, she just had blisters yeah. and didn't even want to dance. She just sat down. I don't think that's in the book. I think no, I think she, I think she just talks about like dancing with him, and it was yeah. like a very nice night, and that there was some kind of drama, but it didn't matter. Yeah. And that's really good too because they keep saying it's like it's prom. It's going to be the best night of your life, and that really kind of shows the sacrifice that Sue Snell gives, yeah. where she like she gives up this really beautiful night where like you know she had her dress picked out. They had the limo ready. There was going to be a hotel afterwards. She was going to go with Tommy. Got it right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, get it, just say it. And, uh, you know, and all this beautiful thing. And then she gives that to Carrie. Mm-hmm. And I love to Tommy's whole thing where it's like, I know I got to get you back by you know, 10 30 or 11 30. Um, but like, if you want to go get like some burgers, mm-hmm. and, like in a root beer real quick before you go back, we don't have to go to where everybody else is going. Mm-hmm. Um, we can just go do that, and you're just like, this is sweet. This is so nice. She gets to go, like, be like normal, yeah. normal people. She gets to be normal. And it just gets taken away from her. God, yeah. <laughs> story. I also, I love in the, in the book, he's like, oh, don't worry. Like, we won't. Back to, like, talking about her mom. Like, oh, so mm-hmm. your mom won't worry. Where I would have loved if, like, they had a moment of, like, that classic prom thing where like, your date comes in, talks to your parents. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine what that would have been like between. I think, I don't think it's in the book. But in both 
the movies, she's like, I'm going to fucking tell him that oh, you were like, like a spawn of sin mm-hmm. and that this is all. And she's just like, I'm going to make you shut up now <laughs> yeah. with, my, with my TK. <laughs> You're not going to say anything until we leave. Mm-hmm. And they do that whole thing because I think Tommy goes up and wants to meet yeah. her. Because he goes up to the door. But she's already like, Carrie's already yeah. locked her mom away because she's like, that ain't happening. Yeah, that's not going to go well. I want to have a fun time. That's not the way you start this out. Yeah. But, um, I even like in that instance where she's so mad and she's like, Mom, like, you're not going to ruin this for me. But just before she leaves, she's like, I love you. I won't be home, out. I won't be home too late. Yeah. Of that kind of like, I don't know, not I don't want to say Stockholm syndrome, but she has like, I feel like almost like this like, almost like hatred for her mother, but at the same time, that's all she knows. And it's her mom. Yeah. That's the one person that, like, yeah. you know, at least, it's it's a constant. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, I know that I'm going to get this from mama, and yeah. I know how to act around her to, like, try and make it okay yeah. and livable. But because now she's becoming a woman, and she's going through changes, like, literally mm-hmm. and metaphorically, soon. So, <laughs> you know, she's, um... She's finally like standing up to her and like I need to be my own person because I don't want to be you. Yeah. I don't want your life. Yeah, I don't like yours. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and it's like they continuously that plays out in the book, 1976, 2013 version. It's very much like I don't want to be like you. Mm-hmm. I wanna I, I wanna like they laugh at me. I don't want them mm-hmm. to. Like I don't wanna be weird. I wanna be normal. Yeah. I have to start learning how to be normal. Otherwise, I'm just going to live in this house with you forever. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Because it that sounds like it's going to suck. Yeah, like, I don't want that life. But it's, I like in the book that they talk about Carrie kind of envisions her life as if she were to just stay home and kind of become her mother. Um, and yeah. then how Sue envisions her life of, you know, getting married, having kids, and kind of having like a meaningless life. Right. Of that they're both afraid of, like, this kind of, like, inevitable thing, mm-hmm. unless they make a change. Yeah. Right now. Because you remember in the new one, like, Carrie's like, Sue, you're pregnant. It's a girl. <laughs> yeah, so and then, cool. like, and then just, like, flings yeah. her out of the house, and I'm like, ain't a girl anymore, dude. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's, you don't do that to people. Like, no, it's not. That's absolutely that's, weird. That's a, such a weird mixture weird of, mess. like, the ending of the, of the movie of the Brian De Palm movie and, and of the ending of the book and it's just kind of mixed around. I really did want to see that Cavalier. Yeah. That, that scene outside the Cavalier. In the in the miniseries one, the TV one, because um, they wanted to, uh, they wanted it to become this, okay. Okay. <laughs> so they do the whole movie and it's more or less kind of close to the book but still harkens to Tom and Carrie. On the on the the Palma movie, but at the end of it, Sue helps Carrie fake her death. <laughs> they drive away, and the whole idea was that they were going to make a TV show about it, where Sue and Carrie White would venture the countryside, finding people like her and helping them out. Huh? Like her reality. <laughs> exactly, and it's like, and that did not happen because the <laughs> movie was like absolutely bombed. Like after this, I want to show you the poster, the cover, DVD cover for this, it looks like, it looks like a three-year-old was, like, given Photoshop and just, like, kind of moved stuff around, and then somebody who really knows what they're doing came in and went, like, all right, now let's make this look as bad as possible. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, like they do that, and it's like so that ending far superior to all the ones, right? Obviously, uh, <laughs> but I really would have liked to see that whole where like Sue Snell is she stays home, she's not at the school, which is oh, a big yeah. difference from everything. Yeah, I liked it a lot when she was home. She was just home. She hears yeah. the explosions, and so she steals her mom's car. Um. Starts driving towards the school, gets in an accident. Yeah. Bumps into the chief of police, who's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. The entire town's on fire, and and she's like, "It was Carrie White. It was Carrie White." And then at this point now, Carrie has killed her mom, and it has by stopping her heart mm-hmm. because she's been stabbed in the shoulder. She stabs her in the shoulder and uh, stops her heart. As she says the uh, Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Which is really cool. Mm-hmm. She the gets visual, it out, though. She, the visual of that. Yeah, she gets too, it out, too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then, she, then Carrie, bloodied and bleeding, uh, does not she does not take a shower. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. In the book? I don't know. She just walks in, and she's fucked yeah. up, and her mom's just in the chair. It happens and she's a lot like, quicker. Her mom yeah. was waiting for her. Was waiting for her straight up, instead home. of, like, just kind of lurking around the house. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, Carrie walks outside and walks to Cavalier uh, to burn it down because it's a roadhouse mm-hmm. where she was probably conceived. Uh, conceived. <laughs> My goodness, I'm just on a roll with these. I, I, I had five. I knew hours. you were. I had five hours of sleep last night. Um, uh, I think. Well, because uh, not where she was conceived. It was. Her mom talked about the roadhouse a lot. Yeah, where, where her like, dad I think that's was. where her dad went and got drunk and then yeah. came back. Mm-hmm. I think that's what was going on. Yeah. Um, was Julianne Moore's, again, real quick, tangent, Julianne Moore's delivery of all of that story is one of the dumbest. <laughs> they take one of like the most intriguing reveals, reveals of a subplot and turn it into just like, When she and like when um Peppalori and the like oh and I liked it like it's just like the book where like they we're like she like, screams it up. Yeah. It's a very well written book. I don't oh, know if yeah. we've gone over just enough like how well paced it is and ah, it's great. But then Carrie goes there and she's gonna burn it down. Um Billy and Chris are there, she makes a car crash into the building, blows it up, and then she falls and because Sue has been psychologically linked with her, just like the rest of the town, she's paying attention to it. She wants to help Carrie. She's the only one that wants to help Carrie. So she can find her. She yeah. finds her. And they share that thought together. And then she dies. Sue Snell runs away. Sue Snell, throughout this time, uh, the week leading up to prom, has not gotten her period. Yeah. Thinks she may be pregnant with Tommy's kid because they've had sex a couple times yeah. beforehand. Um, and I think they said something about, like, condom on wrong one of the times yeah, like they, they make this like little joke that comes back and then she's running through a field after Carrie's died and she has her period mm-hmm. while she's running through the field and that's technically the end of the story because yeah. then we just get that's the end of oh. the second part and then we just get like the, the pickup mm-hmm. stuff like the picking up the pieces with the yeah. epilogue and so like it begins and ends with these two characters having like mm-hmm. a period um, well, which is I think just a huge I think just blood in general was a huge Theme. Right. And I mean, the first part of the book is called Blood's Blood. Yeah, yeah, that. And then the pink blood. Her mom says a lot, like, uh, you got by blood, stuff like that. The religion part of it, mm-hmm. too. Well, and I love 
I I prefer the way she dies in the Tom version of Mama. Oh yeah. Because like she kind of like like I mean it's not just me because I know this is a huge thing, but I think this was done completely on purpose because again it's an over sexualization of Tom. She's having an orgasm. Yeah. From yeah, being I noticed that's a penetrated yeah. by all these knives. And like there was one dude who was like talking about it and he was like, it sounds like she's having an orgasm, but she's overacting. I'm like, no, I think that's no, hold on a second. Yeah. You don't think that like that's what they're going for? You think yeah. that's her like, oh, it's painful. Like yeah. you think they got an actress that thinks that's what pain <laughs> sounds like? Like, no, it's she's, she's getting penetrated. She, she died but with like a smile on her face. Yeah. yeah. Like it just keeps going and it keeps going and going and and uh, it's like one of the best parts of uh, Sissy Spacek's performance, like, in the corner, like, mm-hmm. she just keeps turning and, like, yeah. looking at her, like, oh, I shouldn't be here, oh, my yeah. goodness, I can't believe I did it. And then, uh, I love the little thing where she takes one of the knives out of her, not the other one. and then not the other one, starts, like, pulling at yeah. it, and you're like, oh, no, the it other one's still away, and it makes like, that noise yeah. when it, like, and it comes yeah. out, like, oh, God. <laughs> um, you know, that visual of it, and, like, that whole scene, I think, was so, you know, like, nailed it. Literally. I mean, yeah, li- literally. Literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Um, yeah. That, like, I would really like to see that ending. Yeah. And that's, like, why I, it kind of sucks because I feel like uh, because we just got a new one four years ago, we're not going to get another one. another one for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just came out. Yeah. Which I, I wish they because I, I think a big deal to two. Um, I wrote a paper or something like it in my films in the 60s and 70s class of oh. how a lot of times in film they talk about like the whip, like the reproductivism of women as like evil. I wrote about it after um, we saw Rosemary's Baby. Very and I film. Oh yeah, I made a lot of like. Have you, have you seen Mother yet? No, but I really want. It's good. Okay, I saw uh, Pretty for I want to say day. it's good. I love it. But to say it's good is uh, misleading. Okay. <laughs> it is another type of roller coaster. I was saying when I was talking about it, I was, I was, I was comparing it to uh, Rosemary's Baby and Carrie very much. Like those were like the ones. I saw the preview and I thought I was like, is this just going to be a remake of Rosemary's Baby? You're going for it. Huh. That's know, what I figured. It had that like. Kind of... I mean, they're going, but it's not okay. at all. But it's, they're going for kind of like the same thing, and it's, you know, we've got a great podcast about it, where <laughs> me, Robbie, and Jack pretty much lost our minds mm-hmm. while we were talking about it, and uh, we just both, we were all broken there. <laughs> uh, it's very difficult to watch, it's triggering, but it's supposed to be, and it's, it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite movies in the year, so yeah, you're right. definitely seeing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, her mom the book talks a lot about just, I think, like, the evils of the womanhood. She brings it back to Eve and stuff like that. First that sin was, was uh, intercourse. Yeah. And everything like that. And I think, I think it was purposeful that there were two things she's pregnant at the end. Mm-hmm. And it turns out she's not. It's just a really, I think, good way of bringing it together. And I thought it was interesting when you were talking about how when Stephen was writing this, he was putting all the power on women, but at the same time, there's that underlying of that, like, womanhood is evil. Yeah. Absolutely. And, like, the, the person that is telling that is, like, this woman mm-hmm. who is just, like, just a monster. Yeah. Because religion has just, like, twisted her into this belief of just, you know, like, you know, religion is, I, I, religion is good, mm-hmm. 
But just like anything else, too much is never good, and you shouldn't like any anything is good. Any hobby or any belief or anything is good, but once it starts, uh, you know, diminishing the rights yeah. of other people, then you're like, no, that's no good. Like you can't do that. And like either you're like destroying their lives, or Carrie, or you're just like totally creeping out your neighbors yeah. by like popping up. And I was like, I thought I'd read you some Bible real quick. And I'm like, no, that's that's fuck. And then. I like in the movie, she's just like, I'll give you five, ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and she just takes the box out, like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. There's, like, things I've heard on, uh, on like, interviews and stuff where, I guess Piper Laurie, who plays the mom, she thought that this was, like, I don't know how much I believe this. She <laughs> thinks that, she thought that she was making a dark comedy. Yeah. Like, her face is like, hey, that's exactly <laughs> what I was like, what? Like, she, like, played it all, like, kind of straight. And over the top because she thought it was like going for laughs in a way. Like, I don't know what the fuck people are talking (laughs) about with this, but I'm like, I guess if that if that's what she needs to do to get this performance, then it works. Good for you, but like, I don't get that. I feel like they would have like told whoever was going to be in the movie, like, you guys should read the book. (laughs) Yeah, like the whole scene where she's like walking or like walking towards her, like smiling, like I'm gonna stab you, and you're like. Where's the Where's dark the comedy com- in that? Yeah. Like, is the, this is not the Marx Brothers here. This is like <laughs> genuinely creepy. Like when she's standing behind the door, oh when my she gosh, comes up, you don't see her on. at first, and then she's there. Yeah. Like, well, that's was not- that Jim Carrey? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what the fuck is? Uh, I don't. I don't get yeah, that. Yeah, no, I think that's just something people want to believe. Of like, oh, that performance is great. But did you know that yeah. it was? Uh, did you know actually too that that uh, the ending scene is that's actually suspicious. Wanted to be buried on the rocks to do it. I didn't want to do it. I actually jumped like, at sure. that part. You I, I actually jumped at that. That is the scariest part of the <laughs> I was watching it this that morning. That's the part that like everybody talks about in the theater. Yeah. It's like it's over, the wild ride, can't believe it. Nice music, transcendental. They actually filmed that shot backward. They sh- they shot her walking backwards mm-hmm. and then played it in reverse. And that's oh, how you wow. get that kind of dream sequence and then the hand comes up. Uh, Friday the 13th, the original, actually rips that 100% off. There's a dream sequence right. at the end of Friday the 13th, where it's just like, oh, it's such nice music, and all of a sudden there's a big grab, yeah. and it brings it down. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that, that scene is fuck oh, yeah. everybody on that. I watched it the second half this morning, and it was the first time I'd seen it in a while, and I actually jumped. I was like sitting yeah. on my dining room table. I looked and then you just out. see her just like <laughs> screaming. Like, yeah. Ah! And like, it's like, oh, and that's actually Sue Snell, the actress that plays Sue Snell, that's the, the actress that plays her mom. That's her real mom in real life. Really? Yeah, they're both like actresses. And apparently there was like a whole thing where like she was so like just like acting so traumatized that at one point she actually called her by her name. Wow. Her mother called her by her real name which is Amy Um, and I, I like it with little tiny things like that yeah. happen, where you're just like, you see the trauma in Sue Snell in the book is just a little bit different than the trauma in Sue Snell in the movie. Yeah. Because Sue Snell in the book is like, I know what death is. I know what's awaiting all of us. I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this book, sell it, hopefully make enough money where I can disappear to a place where nobody knows me and just think about what I want to do for the rest of my life until the day that I walked down that dark tunnel, you know, like that's pretty much what she says. And I think that's pretty much more or less the last line of the book besides uh, the little letter, the letter that they get about the little girl mm-hmm. 
who is doing some weird stuff with marbles that reminds the mother of stuff that her grandmother mm-hmm. and that, or that her mother used to do because it skips a generation. Yeah. Um, which is cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute. It's like, yeah, I guess that's the way it, that's the way to do it. I mean, I honestly, I really like the ending with, uh, you know, her getting her period and feel running her through because that just had like, you know, you're just building and building and building and building and building and building and then she's running and you, as you're reading the book, you know, like, oh my God, there's only two paragraphs yeah. left on this page, on the next page. That's it. And then, then it's over and then you get there and like, that's what, and she's running through and all these things are going through her mind. You're like, what's going to happen? Like, is she going to get picked up? Is she yeah. going to fall asleep? Is she going to pass out? What's going on? And then she gets her period. And you're like, oh, <laughs> of course you would do that. And then it, then the next thing, you know, it's just like the wreckage part is just picking pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I really like how they tied it together. It's like, yeah, and then, you know, in the movie, it's like she's just traumatized by that for life. This yeah. is a dream that she's going to have many yeah. nights for the rest of her life. You have that feeling of like, What's she gonna do after this? And like, you, it brings the movie probably up my night to think about what I was reading necessarily. Where her mom's on the phone and she's like, "Well, you know, now that Harmony and all the others are gone, we're so like, oh my gosh, everyone who she knew is is dead." Yeah, and I guess like, yeah, they wouldn't let her go to the funerals because yeah. they had like, they talk about in the aftermath. There's like three separate funerals mm-hmm. um, because it's something like about 500 people die all together, like, in the town yeah. in the high school. Um, and, like, the band, the high school band has gone from, like, 56 yeah. to 40. Uh, there's only, like, 12 seniors graduating that are, like, left alive. They didn't go to prom. But, like, they were, like, the three or four that got out, yeah. like, before she closed the fire doors. Um, and they really do talk about, like, Sue's mother wouldn't let her go. Because, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's not, you know, yeah. it's not good. So she's, like, be isolated. There's the whole thing about the, the white commission, yeah. too, that's in the book where it's like these people, the government trying to like say like this is like a one-off thing, or like we were talking about with like combine school shootings yeah. and acts of terrorism. They're trying to say like this is a one-off thing. Can you prove that yeah. it was Carrie White that did all this? And yeah. you know, uh, and they talk about how like Sue Snell is being attacked by the white commission because Sue Snell is really the only survivor that knows like all. Mm-hmm. Like I asked Tommy to take yeah. her, and uh, blah blah, and this apparently happened. And she knew all of the events that had happened at the high school without being there because yeah. Carrie was connected to everybody in the town, and she was the only one that was like cared enough about yeah. Carrie. And I guess that in itself is kind of like you can see that she wasn't selfish all the time because subconsciously her mind was open to caring about Carrie so much that she would be linked so so closely with her. Whereas everybody else only knows her face and her name, mm-hmm. she knows everything about her, where she's going, where she is, what she's doing, what she's done. Um, and then when she's like that close to her and while she's dying, they're able to just share absolutely everything about each other. Mm-hmm. And it's this, I think it's, you know, it symbolic. Of that. Instead of like yeah. having it in a movie, just like a movie. And I mean, that's, the, that's, the stru- that's the structure of like why it's like Sue Snell is just as much a main character book is Carrie's, which is why the Shadow's book would be better. Carrie's the same type. I guess. But yeah, Sue Snell's, you know, arc in the book is is way more pronounced. And like in the movie, it's very much like, I want to do something good. I hope it's the right thing. Yeah. And that's pretty much where it is. And then she punished for 
doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody else around her is so bad. You know, and that's kind of like that peer pressure thing. Like, why even try to do something good? Because no matter how hard you try, there's there's always going to be more people that are trying to do something bad. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I also liked how in the movie to get that visual of her actually telling her, like, now, like, this is what's going to happen. And it's like physically, like, pulling her back. Mm-hmm. Back into the crowd of everyone else who is, you know, laughing at Carrie and everything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, with the with, when the teacher's pulling yeah. uh, Sue away because Sue's because because the teacher thinks Sue's up to something the whole time. Yeah, she's not even looking at Chris because they don't know Chris is there. Mm-hmm. She thinks that Sue and Tommy are doing something and they're gonna play a trick on her, and she believes it pretty much all the way till the end. And then when she sees Sue like rush to the stage, she's like, "No, no, you don't." Yeah, but she's so close, like John Travolta <laughs> and Nancy yeah, Allen yeah. down, and just like they don't even hear her slapped. Her face is like right there, they don't even see it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's really weird too with uh, Billy and um, Chris having like a really like abusive relationship in the book. Yeah. It's hinted at a little bit in the movie, like where they're slapping each other and all of a sudden she, like, she likes it. You know, it's kind of like this really weird, like, is he like slapping her like to like snap her into a place? Because all of a sudden she acts different. Yeah. But it's like, I think it's because she likes it. And mm-hmm. they like that whole idea. And they're constantly like, you know, don't call me a little shit. And she's mm-hmm. like, a little shit. And then yeah. he hits her and she smiles and he smiles. It's and just it's like, like a, it's a game that they play. And in the yeah. books, it's very much like that too, except in. It, it's a little step further. It takes it further after the point. Because yeah. once the blood has been spilled, and Billy's like super excited. And mm-hmm. he's like, when we're inside his head throughout things, he's just like, I'd do it to anybody. It wouldn't yeah. have to be Carrie. It, it, it could be it could be fucking Chris mm-hmm. for all I care. And he calls Chris Charlie and Chucky. Yeah. A little bit of homoerotic. <laughs> there's, a little, there's a little stuff there where he's calling his girlfriend by a man's name and nicknames. A little bit there. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, and then um, the... Yeah, but it definitely does grow yeah. to that point. Like, after that, when they go back to the Cavalier and he essentially just, like, rapes her. Yeah. Where she's, like, it's very hard to tell because it's, like, a version of the game that they play. And she sees that it's being taken too far and she kind of insists that, like, it's it's a touchy thing because yeah. it's, like, she kind of, like, instigates it to a point because she thinks they're playing the game. But then and then all of a sudden it takes a horrible turn, but now he doesn't know how to push the brakes, yeah. and it just goes, and she's just kind of like, well, I guess this just has to happen now, mm-hmm. and she just lets it, and that's like one of the darkest, most real things in the yeah, world. Yeah, I was like, reading, I was that like, happen- oh That gosh. happens all the time. Yeah, that where it's- All the time. Yeah. Where, yeah, it's like this situation you're going really to- really wrong real, where it's like, shit. <laughs> you're like, fuck, like, that's just it, yeah. and then afterwards, they're all fine again. You know, yeah. she's a little shaken, and he's uh, still progressively becoming- more and more abusive because Jackie shows up, dude shows up, and he's like, "Fucking carry one, move the town." And he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And uh, and like Chris like speaks up and he just like hits her so yeah. hard, like harder than he's ever hit her before. Like puts his whole arm in her and she like falls to the ground. Yeah. And her lip is split. He's like, "I'm going to California." And she's like, "Will you take me with you?" And he's like, "No, nah." Yeah, but they get in the car together and they hear. Well, that that's another like parallel I made between Billy and Carrie of like. Her getting her through in the beginning is like really the catalyst of like her really realizing like the true like potential of her powers, and I feel like Billy dumping the blood on Carrie is really like 
in the callus to him being like really like realizing how messed up how messed up he is yeah and I think in the book too because you get inside his head and you realize that he's like it's one for big yeah and they're like I don't care about all of them they can all fucking die for all I care he really does have this like super messed up mentality that is not shown in person like when he's talking to people like he's just like very cool collected and calm but like when you get inside of his head in certain parts you're like this guy's fucked up yeah and it's just that fucked upness like starts just coming out more and more as the story progresses and as he feels empowered yeah. by the acts that he's doing everybody's listening to me yeah and but chris is like manipulating him he's doing all this until it finally turns we're now we're now billy's in control yeah. and he's going to he's like i'll pull the string like, I think in the book he actually does. He does, because she can't. Because she can't. She's yeah. like, I don't think that I can do it. And finally, is it that? I think it's he reaches for it, and then she finally, like, no, and, like, pulls it. Because mm-hmm. in the book, they're outside. Yeah. And they line the line to, like, go outside the building, and they're outside the building in the parking lot. And then they pull on it. I can't remember. I think it was that he... I think he reaches over, and then it's kind of like ambiguous in the book, where mm-hmm. you don't really know which one pulled it, but both their hands are on it, so you don't know if he mm-hmm. grabbed it, pulled it, or if when he grabbed it, she had already pulled it. But either way, it's she doesn't want to do it, yeah. he definitely does, and then she's being forced to do what he wants to do, mm-hmm. which is a mirror of what's been happening before, what's about to happen after. Mm-hmm. It's a good book. <laughs> it's so good. It goes into... So, like, so, so much. Mm-hmm. And it's a good adaptation, too. It's one of those rare ones where it's like, the movie changes a lot of things, but mm-hmm. that works for a movie to be an hour and a half long, mm-hmm. and it keeps it tight and concise. Like I said at the beginning, like, this is like a near-perfect movie. There's yeah. not that much wrong with this thing. Like, it's, the music's great. I love how they use the psycho music oh, in yeah, the like, beginning, like, when she, <laughs> <laughs> and she, like, uses her powers. And she's just Which I just, I love that sound effect. I wish that sound effect would have followed around in my yeah. life. <laughs> Something happened. But I, th- I really like how the book, too, obviously, in more kind of um, dramatic terms, uh, it's just really, like, just what teenagers go through, in some sense. Yeah. It's really just, like, not a coming-of-age kind of thing, um, but... A lesson. Like, it's kind of yeah. like a... It's it's like an urban legend. It's like, oh, you're, you're thinking about picking on someone that just because everybody else picks on them? Well... Remember Carrie White? It was Carrie White, like, in... This is the story. It's like when you bully somebody, and like you don't like the teacher's got a great line towards the beginning, which is in the book and all the versions. It's like, did any of you once stop to fucking think what it's like to be Carrie White mm-hmm. to the day in and day out with this shit, and then have that happen to you? Mm-hmm. Especially because the teacher knows like her home life. Yeah, and exactly. it's like she's already get had the tough enough. It's like my goodness, people, like just like leave this poor girl alone, mm-hmm. and. And it's great, too, because, like, when she first shows up in the book, like, she's just, like, she, like I almost thought about joining in. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's something about Carrie White that just makes you feel good about putting your down. Yeah. And then realizes, like, oh, my God, you've never had this before. You don't even know what this is. You're scared. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, like, shocks her. Like, she has the same kind of realization as Sue Snell. Yeah. Where it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is insane. <laughs> And it's uh, you know, I love that. I love the way she she doesn't die in the new version in the 2013 yeah. when Judy Greer plays her. Uh, she doesn't she doesn't die. Though. And but in the book and in the movie, 
book, I think she just burns alive with everybody else. She gets thrown yeah. against the wall, and I think she's unconscious. Yeah, and, and then, then she, she just, just burns alive like with everyone else after like doors are closed. And in the movie, she gets that like big thing yeah. that falls. I never understand what that thing is. Yeah, neither. it's just like a big thing <laughs> that just crushes into her, and it looks cool. Yeah, and it's just up there. Yeah, it's a thing that's mm-hmm. just up there, and it comes down on her, mm-hmm. and it's too heavy and moving too fast, and it kills. Yeah, so that's all it is. It's a big, heavy thing <laughs> that moves fast and hits her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're just... Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about with it? I feel like we're kind of... I think we hit it pretty yeah. good. I mean, that's... And that's I, uh, lending towards, like, the book club and everything. Where, you know, there's a lot of books out there. Like, I love to read. I love to watch movies. Book clubs are really the way, mm-hmm. like force yourself to read something that yeah. you might not want to read or that you want to read that you're just kind of like but like I can't believe how I, I read this in just two nights because I just I couldn't put it down yeah I, I don't usually read a lot for like fun I try to but I usually like read things put down and never get back to well, it well you so. probably do a lot of reading for yeah. studying and everything so you're like, like when I'm relaxed I'd yeah. rather just like I don't want to listen to music <laughs> or like just watch a movie or like talk to me yeah, <laughs> download it to me. Yeah, exactly. But this I went through so so fast, mm-hmm. and I was like surprised. I literally, at it. I literally, I know it's a cliche. I could not put it. Down. Yeah, no, that's what I, it was. I sat down and I didn't put it down until I hit the end of the first chapter, which is like 115 pages. Mm-hmm. And, and then I was like, okay, this is a good place to stop because I don't want to just read this book in one sitting because yeah. then I might not retain it that well. So I dropped it, went to bed. Mm-hmm. The next day, woke up. Boom, went right back into it and finished the whole thing. Yeah. And it was just like phenomenal read. Mm-hmm. Really crazy that Stephen King was able to have like that kind of prose and that kind of talent. Yeah. Confidence. Confident. Yeah, definitely. You know, he like, knew it, where he was going with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, it's still funny because, you know, it's written in 1974. So, you know, there's, there's a couple drops of like Baggett and Negro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I wrote that, I'm like, whoa! There's one part where it's like, yeah, she gets punched, yeah, when, she, when <laughs> Billy slaps her really hard at the end, and her, her, her lip is split, he's got this line where he's like, like, and now Chris looked back up at him with, with or her lips had, like, become inflamed, yeah. <laughs> uh, where they look like the lips of a Negro. Yeah, I thought, you're I like, like, whoa! Whoa, Stephen, <laughs> alright, cool. 1974, <laughs> alright. And that's the thing, like, I feel like this book, it could just be, it could be in this time. It happens all the time. Like I said, I made that travel between, like, the whole, like, school tour thing. But mm-hmm. that brought it back to me, like, oh, wow, this was written in the no, drop shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's same, like, he's got the same thing, he's got this really weird uh, way of, like, respecting women, and, like, he's got a scene where, like, this gym teacher comes in and she, like, completely destroys all these other women in this, in this class, not because of, like, their gender or anything like that. It's just, like, you guys did a shitty thing. Yeah. You guys are fucking horrible and just, like, completely destroys them and just owns them. And then, like, the next scene, she's described as walking onto the field with a whistle between her small breasts. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, Steven, like, like huh. click on it. What, what are you doing here? Like, and it's just like, if because the, the book is so much at its heart, the story is about womanhood. Mm-hmm. And that comes with its, you know, its secrets and its tantalizations mm-hmm. and its weaknesses and its strengths. And I think that he kind of balances that evenly where, you know, we get this strong character who we see as like this domineering um, force that is going yeah. to be able to help Carrie. 
and all of a sudden we're given like this thing where like where she's dehumanized to the sexual object very yeah. briefly, quickly, so that we see even the strongest people in this are weak. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what he was going for. Like even when a woman is super strong, she's also got her weaknesses yeah. and we shouldn't be afraid to like be able to say like women are strong, but they're also weak at the same time, just mm-hmm. as men are strong and men are weak and because they're human beings and they're people. And I think he balances that really good book. Yeah. Which is something that the, the Palmer version does pretty well as well, yeah. where all the men are just like... Completely yeah, they're just like... Cool. They're like, just ah. fucking totally like... Tommy and Billy, the principal, they're all just like... Oh, yeah. So even like in the book, Billy, all of Billy's like gang squad, like their little squad of guys, they're all just these... Rose yeah. gallery of like Looney Tune morons. Well, I love the scene in the movie where they're like going tuck shopping. Oh, I yeah, love yeah. that little... Oh, and they scene. speeds it up in the montage, yeah. too, where it's just like, you know, yeah. that's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. Carrie? Yeah. Carrie was yeah. very... Uh, book, recommend so the book? Absolutely. It's uh, really, me, too. Really I think it's really good. I have, like, a... I've spooled so many notes in it, because it just makes you think about a lot. There are some parts when I read it, and I put it down, and I would just think... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I had so much fun reading yeah, that's so what people can see it. Right? Yeah, no, no, yeah, it's really good. I got like the three million copy bestseller version. It's a great one. You get sissy oh, music on so the back cool. where they ruin the ending. Yeah, covered in blood. It's You're like, like oh. oh, well, I guess that's where it goes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I recommend the book. I recommend the movie. Mm-hmm. 2013 movie. Nope. No, no, you don't need to see it. It's okay. No, it's not a need. I mean, if, if you've you want read to... the book and you've watched the movie, kind of like we did for this podcast, yeah. it is interesting. To watch the new one, it's only an hour and a half. Yeah. And you kind of see, you're just like, damn, like, it's one of those things where like, the movie's kind of pointless, and like, why does it exist? Exactly. It pretty much follows the movie scene for scene mm-hmm. with just little tiny flares that don't even matter or go anywhere. Yeah. Except for like a dreadfully different ending that completely takes any of the horror out of it and kind of turns it into a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, like, you know, in the parliament, you don't look away. Yeah. But, like, in that one, you're like, ooh, get them. They're all assholes. <laughs> yeah, do it. Uh, but, yeah, definitely recommend the book. Definitely recommend the 76th Palmer oh, movie. Yeah. And um, I guess this is the time where we'll reveal what book we're doing next. So My first time here. Yeah, so uh, for, uh, we do two months, you know, so, like, everybody has time to, like, watch, read the book, watch the movie. So this guy's getting released in October. So, in December, we will be reviewing uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, nice. We're going to do the Michael Crichton book and the Steven Spielberg film of the same name. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty excited, too, because I'm going to take this opportunity to like, watch all Jurassic Parks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> together. Good. Like, I wanted to do that for this one, but I was like, because I really like The Rage Carry too. It's bad. Fu- it's a it bad, bad movie. But it's got some of those, like, 90s teen actors. Like, mm-hmm. the older brother from Home Improvement is in it. Yeah. And, like, the twin, uh, like, one of the London twins, who's, like, one's in Mall Rats, one's in Out Cold. They're in, like, a bunch of stuff he plays. I can't remember which one it is because mm-hmm. they're twins. Yeah. <laughs> they're exactly the same. And I think both their names start with a J. That's like, like, a really confusing. That's a really bad choice. Um, he's in it, too. And it's, uh, it's just, like... Sue Snell's character is in it as well. Oh, okay. She's like a teacher at the school now, and she kind of has the same role that um, the gym teacher in this one had. Um, but I'm super excited to watch like Jurassic Park, Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, <laughs> Jurassic World, 
Um, because they all just are really special. In they are. In their Each own of them way. is like has its own. Maybe I'll even try and play like one of those. Like I feel like Jurassic Park. They came out with so many video games. Like for the mm-hmm. PC, where you're just like in the woods walking yeah. around, <laughs> and you gotta like pick them, pick things up, and every now and then a monster just jumps out and eats you, and then you're like, all right, okay, well I guess I'll <laughs> try again. There's like no rhyme or reason yeah. to it. Uh, so yeah, we'll do that, and uh, so you can pick up a copy of Jurassic Park. Uh, if you go to Binnacle Books in Beacon, they partnered with us, and they will give you, I think it's uh, it's a pretty hefty percentage uh, discount if you say that you're buying the book for the Story Screen Presents Book Club. They'll order Jurassic Park for you if they don't already have a couple copies there. They'll be able to get it for you super cheap. Um, and then you can check out Jurassic Park uh, on streaming services, or you, you, know, you should probably already own that because it's yeah. a fantastic movie. And uh, yeah, so then we'll see you back here in two months and we'll talk about Jurassic Park. Uh, Ramona, thank you so much. Thanks for having for joining me. me. <laughs> this is great. I, I, I think maybe now you might have a podcast plug. Oh yeah, Which definitely. is uh, a little joke that we make here. <laughs> once you do it once, you're like, wow, I had like a really fun conversation and now there's a product. Yeah, now well, people get to hear it. Hear it. Yeah, <laughs> and then you get to listen to it again like months from now and you're like, I sound like an idiot, or in this case, I sound really good and informed and like, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks again, guys, and uh, make sure you, uh, you know, find us on Facebook, Story Screen Beacon, uh, visit storyscreenbeacon.com, you can subscribe to our newsletter down there at the bottom, contact us, comment, like, share, subscribe, uh, you can find us on Instagram, at Story Screen Beacon, or Twitter, story underscore screen underscore beacon. Yeah, we're starting it up. We're, Twitter's the one that like we're really nailing. Instagram and Facebook, we're kicking ass, but Twitter's the one where like, you know, let's let Twitter's a dangerous place right now. So yeah. we kind of like don't even want to just like deal with it. Um, so yeah, get get out there, join the Story Screen family, and if you're interested in being a guest on the next book club, uh, Real Page Turner podcast about Jurassic Park, get in touch with us and let us know. All you got to do is read the book, watch the movie talk about it. Uh, Alright, I'm Mike Birch, and thank you so much. Bye-bye! Podcast, it sounds like this, and that's fine.